giving yourself permission. Welcome back to SHIT. SHIT stands for Self Help Ideas and Thoughts. I'm Bethany V. It is October 2020. Thank you, listener, for being here. Boy, uh, the last time I released an episode was in, I think, the very beginning of August, and the sound quality was shit. Not that that was super uh, unsimilar to many of the other episodes, because, you know, (laughs) I was using this little lavalier mic, and which which is great but I really wasn't even using it properly. I was like hooking it on to my car steering wheel. The point is, is that I wasn't really checking to see, you know, which you know, where where am I going to place this little mic? Where is this where is it going to sound best? And god, I hope as I'm saying this stuff right now that the sound quality is decent. I think it I think it is better uh, than it was. Anyways, I was sitting in a park last time in early August, which is like, you know, I understand, Bethany, that you want to be in a park and be in a serene area and collect your thoughts and record it. But for fuck's sake, I mean, I was sitting outside and it was windy. So I went back and I listened to um, an episode, (laughs) the, that episode and, and I was, and I just cringed. And then I cringed because I was listening to myself talk. And here's the deal. You know, it's been now over two months since I've shared and recorded an episode. And I have to be honest with you, I'm in a completely different state of mind than I was two months ago. And it's so interesting because there's a couple things that are coming to mind One of which is, if I hadn't taken myself off of my antidepressants earlier this year, it would have never led to like a series of events that ended up happening halfway between the year during the pandemic and whatnot. Um, It was a hard lesson for me to learn, you know, that I, that turns out I really do need meds to function and there's nothing wrong with that. I had to come to that conclusion. I had to learn that lesson again. But it's also a a kind of testament to how shitty things can happen or you have to go through uncomfortable experiences in order for there to be more... Um, positive results or to learn lessons or to have realizations, you know, it's, it's like, it's like anything going through a, a breakup, right? Which feels like shit, but usually that comes with a lot of growth and whatnot. So anyways, my point is, is (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would have started this podcast had I, had I been on meds. Or I don't think that I would have started a podcast with enough maybe passion or conviction or the desire to share um, and, and be more vulnerable. And I feel like in a way I let myself off the hook for the things that I was going to say or the way it sounded because I was in a, um, yeah, a more vulnerable spot. Um that's what happens when you're, you know, experiencing anything, anything uncomfortable or feeling a lot of things, you know, whether these feelings come from a healthy mindset or, you know, um, a chemical imbalance. The point is uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. You're, you're, you're obviously in a vulnerable spot and that's where I was. So it's, it's so interesting to sit here right now and record this um, one, and I know this wasn't brand new. I still obviously had some trepidation in going into this back when I started initially recording this podcast, but now it feels 
it's so interesting. There's almost there's almost this this thought of, well, you're chemically regulated now. Maybe you don't really have anything interesting to say. Um, which you would kind of think that that mindset might come from a depressive state, right? Because usually when we're depressed or anxious or what or whatnot or what or we you know, our self-esteem is a lot lower and we feel a lot less capable of doing things. Regardless, I also think that I'm probably just rusty and a lot of things have changed in my life in the last two months. And so I felt, yeah, I felt nervous about doing this again. And I admittedly kept putting off recording the next episode. Um, so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you an update. I'm going to try not to make it extremely long. Uh, you know, but usually I end up talking and taking pauses and and whatnot, but I I do think it's important um again to share my uh life and an experience with you guys as I am you know, if I'm going to sit here and, and and give you my advice or wisdom um, I want you to know where I'm coming from, you know, not that I'm just this, this voice, you know, because what that, what, what the hell kind of caliber do I have here? Where's my value? Um, not that I need to prove anything to you necessarily, but it is important to me that I, that I share these things and, you know, and, and, and to be fair, it's also helpful for me to kind of talk this stuff out, but I know that I'm sure that you can relate to a lot of these things probably and a lot of these thought processes. So here it goes. Back in early August, I, when I recorded this last episode, I was sitting in a park in Sherman Oaks, California, where I was living. And I have lived in LA for seven and a half years. I was about four or five days away while I was recording that episode from actually flying home to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I grew up, where I haven't actually lived in over uh, 12 years. Because when I moved home after college in 2008, I spent a year here. Then I moved to New York City for four years and then spent the last, you know, seven and a half years in L.A., so I flew home in early August and I, I I literally suited up on the plane. I wore two masks, a face shield, and a poncho. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, the poncho was my mother's suggestion. Um, I, I Obviously, you know, I don't think a poncho made a huge difference, but number one, um, I thought it was would be pretty comical if I wore a fucking poncho on the plane, you know, during a pandemic. And also I had so much fear about potentially, you know, getting COVID and then bringing it home to my mother who I was going to be staying with for a little while. So I thought, you know, if I don't wear this poncho and something happens, I'm, I'm never, I'm, I'm just going to regret this for the rest of my life. (laughs) Listen, irrational shit, but sometimes, you know, this this is a part of life. So my intention was to come home to Pittsburgh to be with my family and see a couple of my longtime best friends for two weeks. And I, right before I came home, I had started, I was in the very beginning process, but I had started feeling better, um with, with my, with my Zoloft that I had started taking again back in like mid July. And, you know, my, my new psychiatrist had tried me out on that mood stabilizer. It tried it for a month. It didn't work out. Then I got off of it and I had like withdrawal symptoms for a couple of days in the form of a lot of, uh, uh, some like really extreme anxiety Anyways, that subsided, thank God. And the Zoloft, you know, slowly after like a few weeks, you know, I started feeling it. And then I was increasing it back to the original dosage that I had been taking it before I weaned off, which is 150 milligrams. So that had been in my system for a couple of weeks when I 
recorded the last episode. So with with me coming home to Pittsburgh, here here was the thing, right? Because a lot of people, including myself, you know, the last thing for a while that I wanted to do was come home during a pandemic and potentially put my family members and friends at risk, right? Um, but I needed to see my family. I needed to be in my hometown after, you know, the experience of, you know, going through the the depression and the anxiety during a pandemic and then leaving my, my job because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle working. I was also working at a really awesome cannabis dispensary out in LA and it was a really fun job last year and this was also before I got sober um for those who maybe haven't listened to previous episodes I got sober from weed I'm sorry sober from well weed was my my drug of choice and I got sober in early February so when I say got sober I mean from weed, alcohol, etc. That being said, I did have a brief mushroom stint in May. That being said, um, I worked at that dispensary. I loved it, you know, and then the pandemic hit and I had been weed free for over a month. And then that job became hard as fuck for me because we were in a pandemic and I couldn't smoke weed anymore. And I was around it all the time. And I was weaning off of my medication. So that job I ended up leaving at the end of June. Um, I wasn't in a good state mentally. This was before I was back on my meds, the Zoloft that had worked for me for years. And okay, so I'd gone through that process. We were in the pandemic. I was working. It was hard. I was getting more anxious and depressed, like as the weeks went on, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, you know, when July hit, and this was towards the end of July, I had started doing that intensive outpatient group therapy program that was on Zoom. Um, and, you know, that was, that was, I mentioned it in previous episodes, but that was such a gift. It was such a, it was such an interesting experience because I wasn't necessarily learning a bunch of stuff that I hadn't learned before. I've been in therapy half my life. Um, you know, I've, I've done, I've done a lot of self-help shit. I've been in Al-Anon and in 12-step, you know, meetings, etc. Um, and I'll just come out and, you know, and, and tell you that I, that I attend, uh, marijuana anonymous meetings, which I was so embarrassed to say for so long, you know, because one, I lived in California and weed was, is so normalized and, uh, you know, we, you know, weed has a lot of, um, I think benefits. That being said, I can't speak for anybody at all. I can only speak for myself when I say that, you know, I didn't, I didn't use, uh, marijuana for the benefits. You know, I wanted to get baked and that's, that's what I did. And then it was really all I thought about. So anyway, anyhow, so I have, you know, been using these 12-step meetings and I've done a bunch of therapy, but this group therapy um, was an opportunity that my therapist had told me about because I was telling her I was feeling so anxious and depressed. I was like, I want a group of people to talk to about depression and anxiety because, you know, I keep attending these Zoom marijuana anonymous meetings and <laughs> sharing about my depression and anxiety you know, not so much about addiction, of course, you know, all of all, these things are all tied to, together, obviously, because this is, you know, because that's just what it is, you know, you don't, you don't have to join a 12-step meeting and solely talk about, you know, what, what you, you know, believe your addiction to be, you know, you're just talking about your basic life shit. But the point is that I wanted to talk to other people that were going through depression and anxiety as well. So I did this group therapy program and I loved it. I fucking loved it. It was hard for the first couple of weeks because I was still not regulated yet. I was having a lot of anxiety. There were a lot of tears, but I was sharing 
with this small group of people in these Zoom rooms from this program who understood what I was going through and they were so supportive. The therapists at this program were so awesome and and open and of course I didn't feel judged and it didn't feel weird because again, I went into it thinking, who the hell are these people going to be? You know, and it turns out they were just all really wonderful, um, intelligent, competent, kind people who were just going through struggles, you know, so I wasn't put into this, uh, I say put into this program. I didn't, I didn't willingly, uh, join this group therapy program with, with, with folks who, I think we're so far gone that we couldn't share things from a somewhat rational perspective. You know, it wasn't, you know what I'm talking about. It wasn't like this. Again, I went into it having some fears like, what's, what am I going to experience here? Is this going to be more depressing? Am I going to witness people having like real mental breaks? You know, are they going to be sounding boards for me at all. Anyways, it turns out they were. And, um, and I even met a really, really wonderful human from those, that program. And she's one of my really close friends now. So anyways, so again, just kind of counting, you know, we we can't, we don't always have to find reasons why things happen in our lives. But again, you know, all of this, this, um, uncomfortability that I experienced because of going off of my meds and, and of course being in the pandemic and whatnot, you know, it led me to this group therapy program that was very, very comforting to me and allowed me to meet like some kindred spirits there. Okay. So by the time I went home to to Pittsburgh, I still had two weeks left of this group therapy program. I, I was in the program for a full month. So I was still doing these Zoom meetings while I was home, um, staying with my, you know, mother in, in, in her apartment and doing these meetings and whatnot. And probably about a week after I had been home in Pittsburgh, I started, I felt like I felt like the Zoloft was really starting to kick in. Um, I could just feel it. Now, granted, I was home. I was around my loved ones. I was in a, a familiar place, which felt important to me because things were so scary for for several months um, for, for everybody, of course. But I was just feeling, you know, that extra uncertainty because I had that anxiety and depression. And so it felt good being here, but I really felt like, man, I think the Zoloft is, is kicking in. So that was, that was probably like about mid-August. So, you know, and as, as my time spent here, when I felt I started to feel kind of better and better, my initial plan was to be here for, in, in Pittsburgh for two weeks. And I ended up extending my trip to a full month. Now, I haven't been home in Pittsburgh for more than a week since I lived here for that year after I graduated college in 2008. So I haven't spent more than a week here in over 12 years. Um, and, you know, the reason for that is, is because it, it never seemed, it never seemed logical to do so because I was always working jobs, you know, when I was living in New York, I was living in LA. I couldn't take that much time off. I didn't have a real financial cushion. I didn't give myself a real financial cushion. You know, and I was working as a quote unquote struggling, you know, actor, comic, whatnot. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to be home in Pittsburgh for more than a week. It didn't really make sense to me. Um because the the, the truth is, and I really I, I I realized this so completely when I was home for that month in August that I have been running from Pittsburgh my whole life, I think. Um, I mean, as a kid, I remember wanting to, I think, grow up and get the hell out of here. 
And as an adult, you know, yes, I would, I would, I, I enjoy my time visiting home. But to be honest with you, there were a lot of uh, struggles and, and triggers that came along with me visiting home um, just because of, of family issues, uh, you know, and, you know, relational issues between, you know, my, my family members or whatnot and the way, you know, and also my own attachment issues, you know, and me not being able or not feeling able to separate myself from my family members. Um, you know, the, 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 I think the most common and and simple term we can use here is, is people pleaser, right? So I would come home and instead of me, you know, just enjoying, and, and look, this isn't, this isn't fucking uncommon, especially with our families, especially if we don't live in our hometowns, we visit our families. This is, this is a thing that happens, of course, where we, you know, we want to visit specific people and make sure, you know, we're giving enough time to certain people. And I know that for me, that was always super important, but also a, like a cause of, of stress when I was home because the family members from my immediate family that I'm, that I'm, that I'm individually close with don't have relationships with each other. So every time I have come home to Pittsburgh, I was always doing separate visits. So it's never like, it's not like there were ever, uh, you know, family get togethers or whatnot. So I was, you know, visiting my mom separately, visiting my sister separately, visiting my, my, my dad separately. Um, that being said, my sister and I do have different fathers. Um, so she wouldn't be visiting my dad. But the point is, is that it's like, these were all separate visits and, you know, there, you know, and, and without going into, you know, obviously familial, uh, details, there was always a a source of, of kind of stress and just slight unease in coming home, knowing that I was going to face certain things. And also shit for the last several years that I have visited home, even as early as one year ago, I actually came home to Pittsburgh last October for about a week. Um, and it was during my, my 34th birthday and the morning that I got on the plane to come home to Pittsburgh, I'd eaten like a 10 milligram weed gummy. And that was the first time I'd ever been stoned on a plane and it, and it felt fucking awesome. And I came home to Pittsburgh and I was like a little bit stoned every day that I was here visiting family, you know, just to kind of like get through, you know, just because I knew that irritations would come up, aggravations, uh, feelings that maybe I didn't want to face. Um, I have a lot of feelings and, you know, being home in Pittsburgh, you know, would always ignite every single one of them. And so for so many years, you know, when I have visited home, I have usually been a little, a little high, not, not 24 seven, but quite frequently. And, you know, the last time I did that was last October. So now here I was coming home in August, you know, in the process of getting chemically regulated again, you know, crossing my fingers, of course, because, you know, when you, when you start taking antidepressants, again, these things can take several weeks to really kick in. And it had already been a few weeks and I was just crossing my fingers because it feels like it was taking longer than when I initially got on Zoloft. But sometimes that happens. Again, these things aren't even really supposed to work, uh, reach their full potential. Um, sometimes until, you know, you're up to like maybe six to eight weeks. So I came home. This was my first time home in Pittsburgh sober. I was getting chemically regulated on the Zoloft again. We're, we're in a pandemic, you know, completely, completely different circumstances than I was in when I was here a year ago, um, turning 34 years old. And it was, it was just, it was the craziest thing. I, I came home and I, I don't know how else to say this. Um, (laughs) sounds so dramatic, but it's still, it was still such a shock, but 
I came home and this was the first time that I felt like I was home in Pittsburgh. Like it felt, it felt comfortable. It felt peaceful. And, you know, for those several weeks, couple of months leading up to me going home, you know, during my depression and anxiety, one of the biggest, one of the biggest tasks that I was, I was teaching myself, training, really learning how to do was just being, just existing. Because for so long, I have based my self-worth on the things that I am doing. You know, even if it wasn't like productive doings, it was just always doing something, whether it was working out or just keeping moving or this or talking, whatever, just doing things that, you know, would make me feel better about myself. You know, not necessarily fulfilling things or things that were coming from a place of true sincerity, but just maybe kind of fear and I would say high functioning anxiety you know, but getting off those meds and then hitting that wall like I did and then stopping working and going through all of that a few months ago with, and then the group therapy, I had to, I had to train myself to stop constantly doing or constantly, you know, letting myself, I mean, shit, you know, I, I've been an obsessive exerciser most of my life. And obviously exercise is healthy, but just kind of on principle, I forced myself to stop exercising um, every day for a little while because, you know, I tend to do things or take certain actions and do it in an obsessive way to where it's like, if I start doing this, oh no, I, well, now I'm going to have to keep doing it or I don't know how to explain it. It's just like finding a balance and well, let me do this and and let it, let it not be this, this huge deal. Like, let me do this because it feels good. And then, you know, and if I don't do it the next day, okay, that's fine. But I've always had trouble finding that, that balance. So you know, during those, those couple of months leading up to me going home to Pittsburgh and and especially what helped was that the, um, oh, I don't know what the hell her title would be. I think she was like a program coordinator or something. This, this woman for the, for the intensive outpatient group therapy program that I did, you know, I would meet with her over zoom once a week. And I was telling her because this group therapy shit, this was like 10 hours a week. Um, and, and, and granted it wasn't like so super intensive, like, oh my God, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was, it was gentle, you know, it wasn't quite as intense as that might sound, even though 10 hours a week, you know, feels like a lot, but I would meet with her once a week and we would just kind of talk about, just kind of get an overview of, of, of everything that's going on in my life and how I am you know, with the, with the program and whatnot, one of the things I told her was, you know, I'm doing this group therapy, but I'm also still listening to all of these self-help podcasts and doing a bunch of, you know, just you know, reading stuff and essentially overloading my brain with psychological type shit, you know, and she had to tell me, she's like, stop doing that. You have to stop, you have to stop doing all of this extra self-help, you know, type shit outside of this program. She said, just let this program be your focus because that's too much. In fact, she said, do this program and for the rest of the day, just do things that you enjoy. You know, she's like, watch TV for four hours if you want to. And... It's so funny because it's like I, she needed, I needed this woman. Should I need it? No. Okay. We we do this for ourselves. I needed this woman to give me permission to stop 
doing all of this extra self-help shit in addition to the, in addition to the group therapy, because that was already enough, right? Because what is, what is it, what is enough here? I mean, that was, I was overloading my brain and I wasn't even fully, um, you know, like I was still, I was still experiencing, you know, some depression and anxiety. It's like, my God, what do I expect for myself? And I, so I had to force myself and this was such a blessing that she said this to me because I thought, well, I'm going to listen to her. And now I have permission to not overload myself and to not keep feeling like, well, I need to keep doing this or else I'm not going to feel safe. Right. As if I, as if I, you know, didn't think that I deserved to feel joy or lightheartedness or just have fun. And so when she said that to me, I, I, I listened, you know, I, I put down all of the self-help random books that I was kind of chipping away at and I chilled on the self-help podcast stuff and the videos and, you know, listen, I was still doing, I was still meditating uh, in the mornings and stuff, but I was doing the group therapy and then I had to just, just do that, watch some shows, enjoy myself. And it felt really weird at first. At first it felt kind of scary as if I was missing out on something or as if my life was passing me by and I wasn't being productive, you know, and then it started to just feel good. But it's like that, that, that balance of those two things. Um, it's like, it doesn't all, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. The shit's not so black and white, but anyways, she giving me permission to do that sort of, sort of kind of sparked this series of me now beginning to give myself permission to, well, anything, to feel, to think, to say, to do, to not do. So it's like everything that felt, um, that felt right or that I felt was, you know, helping helping me without overdoing anything, just, just kind of giving myself permission to, to, to do anything, you know, um, you know, like sometimes I'd want to nap, but I was just kind of feeling a little too anxious to nap. And I didn't really, I don't know, feel like I deserved a nap. I mean, I, I really, I really can't fully answer that, but I would have to say, okay, I'm giving myself permission to take a nap. I am giving myself permission to not text anybody back for a few hours, or I'm giving myself permission to not answer a phone call that I don't feel like taking that I might typically take. And that start that it just, it started to really shift my existence. So all of these things were happening at once, right? I was giving myself permission to rest more, to have fun, to allow myself to experience feelings of joy, to try and find the joy, you know? And so all of those things, plus the combination of me coming home to my hometown, being able to see my family, were there triggers, were there things? Yes, absolutely. But to be honest with you, um, the feeling of being home and the comfort of being home kind of overshadowed that. Plus a, cu- a couple of my really, really, really um, long time, you know, best friends live in, you know, within an hour of the Pittsburgh area and being able to see them and laugh again and be silly. And again, that Zoloft was kicking in. So, I mean, it was a combination of all of these things, but giving myself that permission to like I said, to do anything, to feel, to think, to, to say, to, to just, to just anything and not try and keep myself on such a, a rigid, not even schedule. Cause it really wasn't like a rigid schedule I was putting myself on. In fact, I think implementing, uh, you know, a, a schedule, like a written, 
basically kind of writing out what I want or need to do um, for my day is is very helpful to allowing myself to do that stuff because otherwise then I was just all over the place and I was feeling uh, unproductive. So here's the, here's, here's the biggest, here's the biggest thing. And I'm not going to draw this out much longer, about a week, uh, into me being home in Pittsburgh in August before I decided to extend my trip to a full month. I was actually playing, uh, badminton with my mom, uh, in this church parking lot across the street from where she lives. And I just remember it feeling good playing badminton with her and this thought creeped up into my head and that thought was what if I moved home you know and then another part of me was like what the fuck are you talking about I feel like I should have names for these different aspects of my thinking and personalities you know and then like the 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 more what I would deem I don't know what rational or rigid side of me was like move home you know and then I think the 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 more what open, open part of me kind of said back to that, well, you don't have to move, you don't have to move home, but at least you're having this thought, having this, 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 um, loose, this loose flow of, of of ideas. I mean, I have lived in LA for seven and a half years and I have lived away from home for so long, one, because I have wanted to be in the entertainment industry, and, and two, because I didn't want to be in Pittsburgh. Now, mainly, I was, you know, in New York and then in L.A. because I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. So what that meant was that's where I had to live because I want to be in the entertainment industry. So that's there's no room for, for change. I have to be in either New York or L.A., and then L.A. just became you know, made so much more sense for me, you know, plus I, I, I really can't stand the cold weather, but I was sitting there, you know, playing badminton with my mom, having this thought, what if I moved home? And it was so fucking weird, you know? And then instead of psyching myself out, the more open part of me was like, well, at least you're giving yourself permission to potentially, uh, you know, maybe change your path a little bit and maybe not your ultimate path, but take a detour. I mean, does it even need to be called a detour? But it's also like there are many fucking people that have left, you know, these cities that they live in that they're, you know, struggling to maybe make things work. And then because of the pandemic and all of the shit that's happened this year, moved home with their fucking parents or just moved somewhere that they could afford. Not that it matters that everybody else was doing it, but it was also, but it, yes, it did provide me comfort because I don't think, I, I, I don't think, I know that if none of this had happened over the last several months, you know, the pandemic and me getting off meds and all of this stuff, there is no way that I, that I would, that I would be having this rational thought of what if I moved home? Cause that just didn't make sense to me. It's like, no, no, no. I have to be in LA because I want to do film and television and comedy. And I like warm weather, right? Not nowhere else made sense. Now that being said, I have had fantasies that I don't usually share or talk about out loud I've had these these visions for several years of me leaving the country and moving somewhere, you know, remote or somewhere kind of weird or, you know, maybe to a, a non-English speaking country and spending time living a really simple life and meditate. Basically, you know, should I move and become a Buddhist monk? <laughs> I mean, so I've had these 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 visions for for several years where it was like, well, what if I not gave up my dreams of, of being in entertainment and performing, but what if I just took a fucking break and, 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 and moved somewhere and, and did this thing that I feel like my soul is kind of yearning to do, but has been afraid to do. So all that being said, you know, I never thought in a million years that I would be thinking, what if I move home to Pittsburgh for a little while? you know? And then the other thing was, 
if I move home to Pittsburgh, it doesn't have to be permanent, you know? But my biggest concerns were, but if I came home, then it, w- it might be so hard to, to leave again, you know? And then, and then what if I, what if my, my people pleasing or my, my worried, you know, attachment to my family members, yeah, would make it feel impossible to, to leave again? Um, you know, a couple weeks into me being in Pittsburgh in August, my comedy partner, Maria said to me over the phone, yeah, what if you moved home for a few months and saved up money? And my, my, (laughs) my brain fucking exploded. Cause again, I had already had this thought, what if I moved home? But that thought was not like, that was nowhere near being a, a, a realistic or a real idea in my brain. So I just kind of shoved it off to the side and said, Hey, at least you're giving yourself permission to have a thought to change things up. If you really want to, that's, that's a big deal. Cause it didn't feel like, Oh, I was giving up or I was moving home out of fear. It felt like maybe I want, might want to do this because it feels good. And I felt like, well, that's a nice sentiment, right? But Maria said to me, why don't you move home and save money for a few months? And I just like my, my brain, it's like, I couldn't, because when she said that, my first thought was, I think my first feeling was, oh, I think maybe I should do that or that would feel really good. But then it came with a whole bunch of other fears too. Like, um, you know, like, yeah, like what if I, what if I get stuck here? And it's like, what, what exactly does that mean? Right? Because, you know, we have a responsibility to take our lives in the direction that, that we want them to go. Right. So, so, you know, me assuming that if I come home to Pittsburgh, I'll get stuck here. You know, that is, well, it's faulty thinking because I'm the one that's in control. Now, if I want to give up all control and think, well, I am a, I am a slave to my emotions and feelings and fears then yeah, maybe I would move home to Pittsburgh and get stuck here. But reminding myself and having Maria remind me, this is, this doesn't have to be a permanent thing. Give yourself a chance, you know, to maybe take a break. And once again, it was now this time it was, it was Maria (laughs) giving me, uh, this permission, like, oh, wow, I can kind of maybe veer off this, this, this road a little bit. I mean, if you really even want to call what I was on a road, it certainly wasn't a straight road, but okay. I don't have to give up my, my dreams and, and, and whatnot and, and, and hustle in Los Angeles when I don't actually have any specific creative uh, endeavors paid or not paid going on right now you know, and after leaving my job at the dispensary, you know, even though I was knew that I was starting to feel better being on my Zoloft, I I couldn't stand the idea of going back to LA and then just kind of getting some, some, you know, fuck all job just so that I could, you know, live and breathe and, and, and function in LA. It's like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not willing, I'm not willing to do that. And trust me, you know, I've have had many thoughts of doing that. You know, what if I just got a job at a grocery store or did this or did that? And I just, I just wasn't willing to do that, you know? And I kind of, in a way, you know, I, I started to recognize that I felt like I was kind of, I had to be honest with myself and, and, and admit to myself that being in LA was starting to feel like I was hitting my head against a wall a little bit. Not because I was working so incredibly hard with what I was doing and not getting anywhere, but just because, I don't know, I I reached some sort of a threshold and I feel like I just kind of needed a break. And okay, so maybe I should come home for a while. Um... So here's what happened. 
I was in Pittsburgh close to a month and it was now the very, very beginning of September. And um, my mom is very Catholic. And even though I don't subscribe to Catholicism, um, you know, I'll pray with my mom sometimes and, and whatnot and kind of humor that. That being said, you know, my belief in God, higher power, you know, it doesn't necessarily align with, um, you know, a religious outline, if you will. I'm trying to find the right vocabulary and, and sometimes I don't. And then, then I feel really fucking stupid because I'm trying to find the right words and they're just not coming to me. Anyways, my mom over the years has periodically, I'm going to say convinced me to say a rosary with her. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with what a rosary is in Catholicism, it's literally like a rosary is a necklace with a cross and it's got all those beads on it and each bead represents a specific prayer. And you're, you're basically saying a shit ton of Hail Marys and like several Our Fathers and all that other kind of stuff, right? So I had kind of talked to my mom about what would happen if I maybe came home for a little while. And I also shared with her that I was feeling really nerve wracked about it because I didn't know what to do. It was like freaking me out. Because again, this, this has never been an option for me before in my brain. It never felt like, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was, was come home to, to, to Pittsburgh for any length of time, you know? And I would always say that the only reason that this would happen would be if one of my family members were ill and I had to take care of them. So my mom knew that I was stressing out about this decision to maybe come home for a little while. So right before I went back, to, right before I flew back to LA, this was in the very beginning of September, my mom says, we're saying a rosary before you leave. And I was like, fuck it. Let's, let's say a rosary. Let's do it. So my mom and I sat in front of her Jesus and Mary uh, pictures on her wall. We said a rosary and I prayed. I prayed. I prayed for clarity. I actually really prayed for clarity. And, you know, this is where, you know, two months ago when I did that episode where I was talking about surrendering, this, this is kind of what I'm talking about here. I, I started to, to feel like, you know, I can't figure all of my next moves out by myself. I can't just use my brain to figure this shit out, right? There's a lot of components that come into play when we're taking steps in our lives, you know, and, you know, for, for some people it's prayer and meditation and other people, you know, that they're talking to, to friends and whatnot, but it's like, we can't just, you know, and using our intuition, using our gut, but it, but we can't just, it's not always like a math problem to be figured out because sometimes things, seem logical, but they don't feel right intuitively. So I prayed to my higher power slash God for clarity on what to do with this decision to, you know, when I get back to LA, do I, do I stay there and, and try and find work? What do I do? Or do I come home to Pittsburgh and stay in Pittsburgh for, you know, a little bit of time? I don't know how much time, but we'll just say, you know, a little bit because obviously the, 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 the thought of coming home, well, permanently or whatnot, that, you know, it didn't feel like it made sense and it would, that seemed too scary. So I was praying for the clarity to know what to do when I got back to LA. And then I kept telling myself, just, you don't have, cause I was racking my brain. Like this started to really stress me out. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And I had to keep reminding myself, first of all, let yourself get back to LA. Um, but, you know, keep in mind, you know, right before I came to Pittsburgh, I was still, you know, I had started to feel better being on my Zoloft, but I was still feeling kind of shaky. So here I am now a month into being in Pittsburgh, you know, it was early September, my Zoloft started to kick in. I started to feel better. And now I was going back to LA, which, you know, which represented to me, you know, the source of me getting depressed again and the source of me feeling isolated and the source of, right, all of these kind of struggles had happened in LA mostly up until that point. So I was also nervous about going back 
you know, and again, I had to remind myself, I am in a better mindset. I am more capable now. I am going to feel better now. Um, Yes, picturing my bedroom back in LA, you know, will bring up feelings and memories of when I was having that depression and anxiety while I was there, but I'm in a better state of mind now. So, you know, I I don't want to be led by all of this fear in going back to LA. I'm just going to trust that whatever is going to happen will happen and that I will be okay and that I'm more capable of dealing with it. So I, I, I flew back to LA. Um, I wore my two masks and a face shield. I actually didn't wear a poncho this time. And turns out I was fine. I was fine. Not that this is, this is completely unnecessary to share this, but I've had seven COVID tests in the last few months, um, sporadically, but always, you know, like I was so paranoid about, about coming home and getting my family sick and whatnot. And then of course, flying on a plane. Uh, thankfully I was, I was fine, you know, and also there's some, some, luck in there too. Cause you know, unless you're, you're being completely, unless you're barricading yourself inside of your home or wherever you live, you know, there's certain chances that we still, um, we take in this pandemic anyway. Okay. I flew back to LA and I, again, reminding myself, give it a couple of weeks, Bethany, before you decide or before you feel like you have to come to a conclusion. Um, as to what to do, whether to come home to Pittsburgh for a while to come back or to stay in LA and, you know, be in a, a better mindset now. And then, you know, maybe some good stuff will happen and, and, you know, the, the, the specific path will become a little bit more clear. Well, I got back to LA on a Thursday night and within an hour of being back, I knew I don't know how I knew it just came to me. I was like, oh, I got to go back to Pittsburgh. I got to go home for a while. And I'm so grateful that it was so clear because again, I didn't make that. I mean, sure, of course, my brain was involved in this decision, but I didn't write out a list of pros and cons. You know, I prayed for clarity And I really feel like it was that. And I feel like it was my intuition just saying, you know, yeah, go, go home to Pittsburgh. That that's the right move right now. Why? I'm not entirely sure. Um, because like I said, you know, I, I, I experienced a peace and comfort when I was in Pittsburgh in August and you know, but that being said, Pittsburgh has always been a source of, of, um, kind of stress for me and, and, and triggers, but something was calling me home and I just, I just knew it intuitively. Again, making a decision like that would have been impossible for my brain alone. I would have been so filled with, with fear. I mean, I think that I, in fact, wouldn't have let myself come home. But something in my inner being or higher self or, you know, whomever is guiding me, all all of these things combined were saying, you got to go home. And as I speak to you now, I'm sitting, as I do, as I have, parked in my car and I am looking out at the view of a park in Carrick in Pittsburgh because I drove across the country about a week ago with my two cats and one of my longtime friends in LA and we drove from LA to Pittsburgh in a four-day trip and I'm fucking home um, here I am. I am home. So I listened to my gut 
I gave myself permission to what I might say is, you know, to, to, to veer off of a path that I didn't expect to do, right? Or take this detour or just kind of change things up a little bit. You know, I, I, I gave myself permission to adjust even though this adjustment was never really expected. I didn't expect for this to happen. Um, but because inside of me was feeling so strong about it, I, I listened. Now, that being said, I've been home for a week. There's definitely some old fears and feelings and thoughts and knee-jerk reaction type things that I'm doing that are, that are coming up for me. Um, cause again, this isn't, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to be perfect. And yes, there are going to be some challenges, but what I'm doing now is I'm giving myself permission to see this as an opportunity. And I say it like that. I say it as giving myself permission to see this as an opportunity because you know, sometimes it's a little too difficult to say, well, I'm going to choose to not see this as a challenge and see this as an opportunity because, you know, it kind of saying that I'm giving myself permission kind of gives a little bit of a buffer because, you know, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. And maybe I wouldn't have completely believed myself in saying I'm going to see this as an opportunity. But here's the thing. You can you can kind of will things into existence. You know, a positive mindset is really, really pertinent um, to changing to changing things up, especially. Um, and again, things are things are coming up. But another thing is, it's like, you know, m- maybe I'll never have this opportunity again to to live and be at home with my family members, with these friends, you know, in this setting, you know, so yeah, there've been some fears popping up like, holy shit, I've left LA. What, what have I done? But I'm, I'm choosing to look at this as, as such a gift, you know? Um, yes, you know, being here visiting in August and, and, seeing Pittsburgh for the first time a little bit with rose-colored glasses is a little different than me coming home and bringing all my shit with me, you know, and now being here for, you know, X amount of time, you know, it's a different feeling because now it's like, holy shit, this is real. This happened. But somehow I was able to get across the country safely and follow my intuition and, and be here now. And that's what's happening. Um, I, I plan on getting myself into specific daily routines and, and, and writing and, and doing these things that I feel like I really want to do creatively, but I want to make sure that I'm doing them from a place of, um, from a feel good place, from a place that feels calm you know, and not a place of anxiety or not a, a, you know, a place of should, or I have to do this, or I should be doing this. I don't want to live like that anymore. You know, and now that I am able to stay with my mother, um, for a while and not have to worry about, you know, hustling with, with money right out the gate, I have given myself, you know, an opportunity to slow down a little bit and kind of take stock in my existence and, you know, not figure everything out right now, but kind of give myself more time to figure out what I want the next few months or year or a couple of years to look like, because I think it would have been a lot harder for me to do that living and struggling in LA at this very moment. That also being said, I'm, I'm really happy to share that my, my awesome agent, is going to keep me and he is going to keep submitting me for roles um, in LA. And he's also going to extend it to New York as well, since I'm closer to New York. Of course, most of these auditions happening now, commercial, theatrical, 
are happening via self-tape. So if I were to uh, book something, um, I'm going to change, I'm going to change what I just said there and say, when I book something, I will be able to fly out and film it there. And so that was, that was a huge factor too. I'm not going to lie. That was a huge factor as well. If my agent had said, well, I don't want to bother, you know, submitting you for stuff. If you're not going to be in one of these major cities, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I think that uh, brain wise, logically, this would have really, um, inhibited me in feeling comfortable to, to come home. But I'm here now. It's fall. The leaves are changing colors. It's getting chilly. Um, I'm not used to that. So I'm kind of a huge fucking wimp when it comes to the cold. It's not really cold yet, but it is chilly. And all of these things that would initially deter me from wanting to be home, I'm just embracing right now because I don't see any reason not to. For me not to embrace this scenario that I have put myself in or that I've allowed to be guided into, um, I don't want to resist it. I want to just take advantage of it, you know, and no, it doesn't look like, um, this, this, this picture perfect image of how I thought I wanted my life to be. But at the same time, what the hell does that mean? You know, we're, we're always, we're always growing and changing and things are, there's so many moving parts and, you know, and usually life isn't like you just reach a point and then you stay there for the rest of it and you're, you're fucking, you know, it's happily ever after. That's not how it works. Um, I'm grateful to be able to be, to live with my mom and be closer to my family and be able to see these people and, you know, work on, you know, having healthier relationships with them and, you know, being able to spend quality time with them without feeling like I have to give up all of my time, you know, you know, setting, setting boundaries, you know, but having quality interactions. Cause again, I'm sober. This is the first time that I'm like sober at home with my, with my, you know, family individual visits lest we not forget but you know so I'm I feel like I'm able to be more present and I feel like I'm more capable of handling the feelings that are coming up um again thank you again to Zoloft special shout out to Zoloft um my my actual full last name from my mother's first marriage the name that is on my birth certificate is Vahabzadeh and I keep telling people that I'm going to change my last name to Vahabzaloft. It's a, it's a joke about Zoloft. Anyways, it makes me giggle. Um, whatever the hell you're working on right now or going through, give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to change things up, to talk things out, to do stuff that you're afraid to do, to feel stuff that you're afraid to feel, to think, give yourself permission to do something that you think or even know might feel good or might be helpful to you that you're afraid to do or that you're putting off or just, you know, honor where you are at right now in life. You know, we all know that we're at a, at a, at a very unique place in time. And if there's ever a time for you to give yourself permission to to do something or to say something or to think something or to feel something, do it now. Why the fuck not do it now? I am sending you all of my love, listener, and support and good thoughts, positive energy. I hope that you are at a place right now where you are able to find some peace 
and comfort and support in others and in yourself and work on loving yourself every day, you know, even if it's small little steps that you can take. And I hope that you're healthy and safe and thank you so much. Love ya.